and welcome to the Weekly Artifact. This is a tri-weekly podcast created by two friends who met in undergrad and, against all odds, decided to keep talking to each other. I'm your host, Alex, joined always by my co-host who believes Lil Wayne does not get enough credit for his tenure with the Hot Boys, and that goes doubly for their producer. I'm Justin. Hollywood moves fast. The hot takes of Lair Boxed are less than a distant memory by tomorrow. We're here to slow down and recover the filmography that's been lost along the way in order to make sense of where the world was, where it is, and where it will be. To that end, we've selected a handful of films to discuss together. Our comments are our own and are not associated with any institution. The show may contain explicit language or themes, so see the show notes for specific content warnings. Justin, what's the first film we're talking about? Alright, so the first film that we're talking about today... In this show that is being brought to you live, sort of. Uh, by live, I mean, other than that intro, there's no editing. But uh, is part of uh, a couple of films we'll talk about, uh, about politics, and we'll start off talking about The Big Short uh, as our first movie. Uh, so this movie came out in... 2015, directed by Adam McKay, um, and I think we both really like this movie. Um, it's about the 2008 economic recession, and basically, um, and I guess spoilers for all the movies here, um, but yeah, basically they're talking about the uh, it, it, the plot revolves around this idea to short the um, markets before they crash, um, but because of a lot of um, corruption, it, the plan doesn't really end up working out, and um, yeah, it's just kind of a condemnation of the that uh, sort of period of history and uh, capitalism that sort of led to that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like it for a lot of different reasons, uh, both the uh, political message and also the writing of the movie. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, can, I don't know if you want to get some in here first, Alex. Or... Um, I, th- I thought you told me off, mic that you, the only reason you like this movie is because Margot Robbie was in a bathtub. <laughs> it does have... Um, an interesting style where they go to these cutaway scenes of um, cameos of different um, celebrities uh, explaining different economic concepts. Um, Margot Robbie and Bathtub is one of those scenes, uh, but there's other ones as well. Um, shout, out, shout out to Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, he gets one. Um, uh, which I think are really helpful for understanding concepts. Although I will note that if there's one complaint that people make about this movie, it's that it's too confusing for them to understand, which I personally don't really get because they do have uh, those cutaway scenes that literally just basically stop the movie to explain stuff to you. And also, I mean, yeah, they... <laughs> <laughs> like I mean my favorite ones I mean they literally explain like subprime mortgages with Jenga blocks right like, I, I don't know to me it's like like I, there, there's a little bit of a learning curve and I think if you're um have at least a base familiarity with what happened during that period that will definitely help you but I I also I can't fault the movie if if people didn't understand it because yeah they're they're explaining these complex concepts with literally wooden blocks like they can't make it any much more simple than that it's still definitely dense but i think if you're sort of paying attention and like really i will say there the movie does ask you to pay attention which uh i guess is a criticism some people can have but um, (laughs) i'm I'm more on your side with that Mm mm-hmm but they do all. To be fair, though, they also do say like, if the, like, there's like at least once, if not multiple times, or like, if this sounds confusing or like it makes no sense, that's the point. <laughs> as far as like people being able to sort of like manipulate the market, but you were saying, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, that's true. There is part of the movie does um, 
revolve around the fact that the the markets themselves don't make any sense. Um, but but I think they distinguish that pretty well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I also just like that the movie is, um, revolves around you know these very distinct characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very well written in that way, and and um, yeah, it just like there's it, it, basically there's four characters that if you see like the cover art, um, those are like the four characters that revolves around, and they they each have their own sort of motivations and, um, you know, idiosyncrasies. And it, that really is what carries the movie um, forward. Um, I particularly like uh, Dr. Burry's character, mm-hmm. um, who is just this very eccentric guy who is uh, the main one that is, um, you know, understands the market and is trying to run this, uh, short sale um, operation um, so yeah I, I just think it's, it's uh, really well written and you know if you're if you don't have enough righteous indignation over that particular moment I think this can help you get there mm-hmm. yeah I think I don't know I, I'm like I'm, I guess I'm not surprised because you know this keeps happening but for how i mean well i don't know i don't even know how i mean the movie did okay in a box office it made like 150 million dollars and it won a some amount of awards but like i don't know i (laughs) you would think or hope something like this would be a little more sort of radicalizing or something considering it's like i think like it was like rated as like 92 percent accurate like on like which is like unprecedented and like even based on true stories and like a lot of the changes were like pretty minor so like i don't know like it's sort of like buck wild that you're like yep this happened and everybody's like yep and i mean the 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 movie even goes out of his way to be like at the end like and then all the bankers got jailed right no one dude in like sweden for doing the same thing that everybody else did he just happened to be like caught holding like the bag you know what i mean like it's just like there's no there was no consequences Mm -hmm. yeah i think private people i have mixed feelings about adam mckay as a director especially after the uh Dick Cheney movie. Yeah. That's that's fair, I guess. Anyway, we should move on for the uh, sake of our live studio mm-hmm. audience here into uh, another movie that um, could potentially be radicalizing um, is 2019's Parasite. Christy Teigen's favorite movie, so remember that. Yes, Obama said. Didn't Obama put it on some list or something? Oh, he definitely. I think it was also on his like presidential like to watch red list too. So, really, I mean, they get it, you know. <laughs> so this is directed by Bong Joon Ho, and and it follows this family uh, that basically. Through some, I guess, underhanded tactics, um, all get jobs in this uh, much wealthier family's home, um, and end up uh, working for them. But uh, eventually, figure out that there's, uh, well, so basically, after they kick you know, uh, get rid of, you know, the last, uh, worker that they, uh, replaced to, to sort of get these jobs. Um, she comes back and goes into this secret underground room. Um, and that kind of kicks off the, uh, more, I guess, sensational part of the, <laughs> of the <laughs> movie. Um, and yeah. And then it just kind of, uh, follows their uh this uh new how they resolve through that tension of this uh family living down there and the multiple families and ends with uh well i know it says spoilers but it's probably i don't know if it's necessary to exactly spoil what happens at the end of the end of the movie but uh, i mean it won it won film of the year if these people aren't enough of a savant uh, 
Well, just like you mean, just like where like everybody ends up, or like the sort of big climax. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I I gave away one of the big twists, obviously, but I I don't know if I need to say. I don't know yeah. if it's necessary to say. I mean, we might end up getting there, but let's... well, I it was weird because I mean, you kind of said that it was. I don't know. Like, I can't remember. I'm sorry, exactly what word you used, but just sort of more, uh, sort of like sensational or whatever part of like with the underground living thing. Because I like knew that that was part of it in some capacity but like i was watching and it was just kind of this weird sort of funny like i'm gonna call it a heist movie where all these like this family sort of like inundates itself as like all of the different workers for the family for this like rich family and then like all of a sudden you're just like huh because uh, i was like well then they don't they live there or something and then it really sort of <laughs> doesn't necessarily take a turn but it sort of like escalates very quickly uh and I like I don't know I guess I like I guess what I still understand like I don't know I don't know South Korean culture uh, and I guess maybe Obama liked it because he hasn't droned them, but uh, like I don't you just you know that 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 classic class infighting is what they want out of the the proletariat you know if they were just like yeah you can stay here and feed your weird husband that's fine but uh, they had to had to come to blows. Mm-hmm. But oh, the, yeah. the, well, sorry, you're saying. I was gonna say, I the only thing I wish about this movie was that it was a little less bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, yeah, it just it just it very much ends with there not really being much hope for for changing things. Yeah. Um, so I know I said, you know, that could potentially radicalize, although obviously, as we pointed out, there's plenty of people who are not terribly radical who also like the movie, and that could maybe be a reason why, too. I'm not really sure, but um, but I think it still encourages you to uh, sort of question why the, uh, things are this way. And even though it takes place in South Korea and there's some stuff that is very culturally Korean about it. Uh, I think people have written other articles and stuff about some of the moments that um, non-South Korean audiences might sort of miss out on. Um, I think it's still also very relatable for uh, an American audience and probably a lot of other audiences as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, yeah, and (laughs) it really sort of, it really is a uh, bleak ending. <laughs> like it really sort of. You're just like, oof. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I think. I don't. I I guess I get why people. Why I mean, it does. It deserved to win best picture, and I guess I'm glad it did. And for the conversational parts, but yeah, I think. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess it could have gone. I mean, any movie could have gone a, a number of different ways, but. Yeah, it was definitely sort of like you kind of end, you're just sort of like left sitting with it, which is not the worst thing. We're just like, okay, it's really, uh, looks well, like because this, the son sort of just like his plan is to just like become part of like the rich people, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like restructuring anything, it's just like, okay, like to help my, my immediate like people I care about, I just need to become like a rich guy now, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the only other two points I'll make about this, uh, one kind of a not super important point, but I would not have let that old housekeeper back yet. And I'm like, no. what good, what good did they think was going to come out of that? I mean, they know they did her dirty. They know they did her right. so dirty. Why would you then? And, and, and they know that she knows that they did her dirty. So I don't know what they thought was going to happen when they let her back in. Honestly, not even as bad as I like. If that was, if I was the housekeeper, well, the show's live, so I'm not gonna say what I would have done. But um, <laughs> Ooh, can't even say it. Ooh, I can't even say what I would have done. Ooh, just no, just no. Just pray for your grandmother. All right, but I can't even say. It. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing, I am shocked that uh, no one. I won't say no in some people, but how little discussion there was about that underage relationship in the movie between the son of the, uh, Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't, I mean, I had no idea how to gauge the age, but it didn't seem great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that scene, it was just completely unnecessary for the movie, in my opinion. I mean, I think yeah. some people have, like, written stuff about that, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more. I especially when they didn't uh, come to cancel uh, Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> Real Lolita, except Lolita's fine. <laughs> this is the bad one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely... Yeah, I, yeah. As soon as the housekeeper came back, I was like, "All right, this is a to- this is gonna be a weird, bad tonal shift immediately." <laughs> uh, speaking of tonal shifts, we can Whoa. move on to uh, the last movie in our politics corner, which is the uh, nineteen ninety two film "My Cousin Vinny." Uh, directed by Jonathan Lynn, which at one point um, I considered one of my all-time favorite movies. I still very much like it, although when I finally really like sat down to watch it uninterrupted beginning to end, because I'd already seen it like I'd seen the whole movie, but I'd seen it come on like it would always come on mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. TV, like Comedy Central or like one of those channels or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so then I finally like, sat down and just watched the whole thing. And, it, you know, I'll say the the, uh, the second act of this movie drags a little bit. But anyways, um, th- basically... Yes, it was the legal profession, Justin, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie um, follows this... Uh, these two people um, go down south. Uh, for, Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio goes down south. I'm fucking respect on his name. The there was, karate there was kid. Another person. There was another person, but the Karate Kid, for God's sake. Okay. Anyways, um, they go. They're from New York. They go down south. Uh, get uh, involved in a uh, a murder case. Yeah, they get pulled over for. I don't know, was it for, well, they just, is it, they just think it's, oh, they, well, they think it's for, like, simple robbery, because they accidentally forgot to pay for something that was in their pocket, uh, but they get pulled over on suspicions of murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a, uh, lawyer played by, uh, Joe Pesci, um, His cousin Vinny. Him. Yeah, it's his cousin. Yeah, that's why it's called my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Uh, represents them, and he's very—he's not um, a traditional lawyer, I guess, um, but does ultimately manage to um, beat the case, as it were, um, with help from his uh, partner Marissa Tomei, uh, plays Mona Lisa Vito, um, and it's a comedy. Yeah. So. Uh, which I, I think is a pretty funny comedy, mm-hmm. um, especially for, uh, you know, older comedies don't always hold up. I think this one uh, holds up pretty well. I mean, it's not that deep, you know, but, uh, but I think the reason this movie works to the extent that it does is because um, it's very legally accurate, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you up in there oh god i hate it um yeah i mean the court like oof oof uh but the all the the court proceedings the way that sort of witnesses are tried and um questioned and then cross-examined which is sort of where the crux of um joe pesci's character Vinny, the cousin's uh skill comes in as a litigator um sort of shines through and that's sort of the whole point is sort of discrediting and like i mean you get like a woman with very bad eyesight a um a man with like dirty screen and like higher tread markers and then like you have an expert witness with his partner uh mona lisa Vito, who uh it's like a found to be a car expert and like talks about these things and sort of answers her own cross-examination to be an explicable witness. Like, it's, I mean, this is more or less how the court proceeds and like things like they talk about like discovery and like when like he's Vinny's like, yeah, I even got him to give me all of his evidence like an idiot. And then like, but he's like, you're legally like required to do that as <laughs> like uh, as the opposite counsel opposing counsel. Like you have to share that those things. Um, 
but no, it's I I think it's good and it's it's funny like you said, and I think part of like the reason that you know it's in our politics and to sort of riff off your uh, old letterbox review is I mean it does sort of show you know without competent counsel or without counsel like obviously how quickly you know somebody that just sort of a simple misunderstanding will sort of the police and the prosecutor will sort of still pursue whoever they feel is the they just like believe is guilty or whatever whatever you want to put it like they just they find a suspect and they will sort of like stick to them no matter mm-hmm. like what the other evidence is and sort of uh in spite of everything else is for as long as they can and clearly like i think the sheriff sort of comes around to sort of being given like indisputable proof that like it was somebody else ultimately but you know that was like the last like two minutes of the movie mm-hmm. after the whole trial had gone through so like the damage would have very clearly already been done had you know Vinny not been as sort of competent as he was ultimately <laughs> Yeah, yeah. By the end. By the end. <laughs> yeah, there's a funny scene in the beginning where uh what I forget what the judge asked him, but Vinny is like not and like it's just, it's like the pre trial proceeding and uh he just needs to sit like say is he's answering like, like a question like yes or no or, or guilty yeah. or not guilty or whatever. Yeah, I think it was guilty or not guilty and he just like I he just yeah, he was just being very like sort of <laughs> But he was like tr- the questioning. But he was he was trying to like basically start the trial, just explain oh. the whole case, and then they like held him in contempt. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and and then but uh, probably the uh, uh, best line is the uh, there's a a scene that involves a, a witness giving testimony based on the timing of <laughs> of how he cooked his grits. Oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, Vinny <laughs> objects and says, "No self righteous son, or whatever, make quick grits." <laughs> uh, um. Anyways, but yeah, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't really have like a whole lot to to say about this movie beyond. Um, oh well, okay, no, I lied. I do have one other thing to say. the The only thing I think would have made this movie better is if. Uh, it had uh, black characters in it because I think that would have um, really fit with the theme of like being down south and being like outside because it's like the whole thing is supposed to be like Vinny is like it's like oh they're they're discriminated against because they're like northerners um, which is like you know, I, I think that is like a you know a thing or or was a thing at least. I don't know if how to what extent that still is true, but it's like okay, if you really want to make a movie about like outsiders being discriminated against, well, I mean, black people aren't outsiders to the south, but like people being like discriminated against in the south, like you should just be it with black people. But the rest not here, not there. To be fair, they're Italian. I'm <laughs> kind of like sort of threading the needle, sort of splitting the difference. So. <laughs> Um, speaking of splitting the difference, whoa! Uh, we could split the difference between a good and a bad movie to end <laughs> this po- <laughs> this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? So, <laughs> uh, so the good movie, <laughs> the good movie. Uh, so we had two. We're going to end talking about two more recent movies. So uh, one is. The Lighthouse from um, 2019, directed by uh, Robert Eggers, um, and this movie follows two men. I guess uh, I don't know what their actual job is that work the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if a good name for that, but uh, lighthouse keepers, I guess. Um, are uh, on this island and I, I don't really know how to explain what the movie's about other than it's just their uh, time spent together on the island and uh, both of them slowly unravel or at, le- at least one of them if not both of them uh, slowly losing their mental sanity and you are never quite sure what's happening and what's real and what's not real um 
and yeah, that's that's basically. I can't. I can't. It's hard to you know without getting into like a scene by scene breakdown. It's right. Really good. More than that. There's the best part about this movie. I think is there's a non-zero chance that the whole time William Defoe's character was just like kind of doing a bit and being an asshole <laughs> instead of being like an absolute maniac. He's just like a a prick. <laughs> Which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that is he true. No, he definitely has like issues or whatever. But like, I don't, I don't know. This is a weird thing of like one of them's one of them's sort of out of it. Like very clearly, somebody's lying or like not like uh, mentally like well. But there is a reality in which uh Willem Dafoe's character is just like an asshole but not like insane or something and <laughs> that's just I don't know I think there's a lot I think what I like about this movie a lot is there's a lot of a lot of ways to sort of read the relationship and figure out who's like the worst one mm-hmm. yeah I I stole this joke from someone I can't remember who um but I what I said in my uh, initial review of the movie was that a lot of your interpretation depends on if you think the character is Willem Dafoe or Willem Dafriend. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I remember reading that <laughs> again. I, I did steal that from somewhere. I just can't oh, remember where. That's but, so funny. But I think that is very true for this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's very unclear if he if he's trying to be helpful or, or like you said, just kind of being a jerk the whole time. Um, I guess also like whether or not there is any sort of like magical mystery with this lighthouse mm-hmm. thing. I mean, you know, obviously in like a realistic sense, probably not. But it's also a movie, so you know, maybe. Right. Although I. Actually, I'm not totally sure. I, I, I think I, I'll just say, I think I heard that this was, like, partially based on um, a, a story that... I don't want to say based on a true story, because, I mean, it's, it's not, like... Obviously, it's not, right. like, a true story, but I think it's based on something. Uh, but whatever. Um, but anyways, but, yeah, so obviously there's not, like, a really, like, a magical lighthouse, but in the, in the context of the movie, it could be. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that there's definitely a lot of ways to interpret their relationship. Um, there's definitely, uh, people have definitely like read it as like, but like, not like a gay relationship necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of, homo- some, in it. yeah, because there's like a lot of like sexual imagery, Thankfully. which I'm not really sure what to make of per se, but that is one. Uh, thing you could read into if you chose to. Um, there's not like a whole lot of backstory, so it's kind of hard to mm. gauge like exactly. Like there's a lot going on with this like mermaid that uh, 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 Robert Pattinson's character uh, keeps seeing, um, which could just be because uh, uh, William Defoe's character uh, gives him a little mermaid statue. Right, or did he bring it with him? I thought he brought it with him. Okay, yeah, but um, so it could just be like his imagining of that. I know he found one. No, yeah, that's because I that's why I wasn't sure because I think I think the implication is like he like finds it in the bed like, or the pillow or something. Yeah, I I I feel like the implication is that Willem Dafoe like hid it in his pillow mm. or something, and that was like again part of his like shenanigans or something. But yeah, mm. I wasn't shenanigans is such a funny way to like frame this frame this movie (laughs) um but yes but it's unclear if that mermaid is like supposed to be someone from his past or if it's just kind of his like imagination of that statue for whatever reason but um but yeah you could definitely interpret the relationship in in a lot of different ways uh however you interpret it clearly it deteriorates by the end um, it seems that Robert Pattinson's character kills Willem Dafoe's character. Um, at, which I'll, I'll just say for now, I think both their characters are named Thomas in the movie. Um, it's like Thomas uh, Howard and Thomas Wake, mm-hmm. uh, which is also, you know, clearly a choice and why they both named Thomas. But 
Um, uh, but yeah, it seems that Robert Pattinson's character kills Willem Dafoe's character, but maybe not because then he reappears and. Uh, but, anyway, but it seems like they're they, in any way you slice it, the relationship definitely deteriorates by the end, um, and yeah, just a, kind of a a thrilling, uh, you know, build up a, a slow build for sure, but it turns into a lot of tension by the end. Yeah, I think um, the biggest reaction I've ever gotten out of jumping from a letterbox is when I said that this the lighthouse fulfilled the promise that the witch laid out as his ability to be a director. <laughs> I think you were like, the same dude, this is so much better than the witch. <laughs> well yeah, I, even when you just said that now, I, I literally had that same reaction in my head. <laughs> yeah, this I yeah, the witch is didn't we talk about the witch before? We did talk about the witch last year. This is a real this really brings it back. This is our uh linchpin. <laughs> Yeah, this is in my. I know some people like The Witch. I, I one day you kind of want to go back and rewatch The Witch just to confirm. But my thing with The Witch is I, I feel like it, there was some tension watching it the first time because I didn't know if something was going to happen. But now that I know nothing happens, I'm like, <laughs> would I still be feel any tension at all? Mm. Um, but yeah, I would. But I would say kind of like The Witch. This has to me has like a Halloween feel, or no, not a Halloween feel, but I would put this. On a Halloween playlist, uh, movie playlist, if you're going to do that. It's, it's, it's a little bit different than your typical, I guess, obviously not like a slasher or something like that, but I think it's, I would, I would put it as like psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good category for it. Uh, um, I also say the whole movie's in black and white, too. True. Which, which you don't see a lot of, but I think it works pretty well. Yeah. You haven't really noticed that it's in I mean you notice it but it like makes sense. The settings <laughs> like the setting already kind of feels like it would be that sort of color grading anyways. Yeah, like, yeah. So like besides like maybe their clothes, but like they could also like everything like nothing in that movie sort of makes you think like, oh I wonder what color that would be. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right that it really lends itself. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, something that has. So what about a movie that doesn't lend itself to anything? It has nothing lent to it, Justin. What about just a <laughs> bad, bad movie? What if we have any of those come out recently? Yeah, so we'll conclude here um, just with a roasting of uh, the probably the most recent movie that, most, that both of us have seen, which is. Uh, uh, 2020, uh, 2020's yeah. Tenant by Christopher Nolan. Um, this movie follows a... Um, the protagonist. Yeah. Well, okay. I, his name... I, I don't know if he is referred to by name at all in the movie, but in the credits, he's credited as protagonist. I think he refers to himself as a protagonist. He refers to himself as... A protagonist, but he hasn't. He has. He, he refers to that as like a title. He's like, he's like, he's basically just like, yeah, I see myself as the protagonist. He hasn't like. It's not like, hello, my name is protagonist, <laughs> but it could be. I, but then in the credits, his name is name protagonist. Is just, yeah, it's just as the capital P protagonist. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't. Anyways, but it follows him, um. Doing something. They're trying to save the world. It's like a very generic, like, save the world thing. It's it's so... Okay, let me... It's basically... Simult- it's both a MacGuffin and a black box, if you can believe that. It's literally. like, they're, they just keep, like, hyping up, like... It's like, oh, this is, like, this is worse than nuclear war. This is, like, worse than anything that we've ever seen before. And it's just, like, some objects have been sent back... And they're like going through time backwards, and it's never explained why, but somehow this is going to like destroy all life th- on Earth as we know it. I think it's still just nuclear in nature. I think it's still just like a nuclear bomb. I'm pretty sure it's just like all of the bombs. Mm. So I well, think they, they, they do worse gas it up that. like they gas it up like it's worse, but I'm pretty sure it's still just nuclear in nature because. I, I don't know. I feel I like you're know. giving it too much credit. I it's, it's just not explained. But It's not explained, but it's people from the future are so destitute from the climate crisis that they've decided to just kill 
us in the present yeah. as well. Rather than going back in time to fix climate change, they go back in time to kill Just everyone. Say fuck you, you guys also get to eat shit, even though this has been a problem since like the Industrial Revolution. Anyway, uh, so I follow. So that's the setup, and then he goes through, and he's trying to, um, like stop the, like dealer of these reversed objects. Kenneth Brana, uh, a Northern Irishman with a Russian accent for no reason, really. Uh, and but yeah, but then he doesn't. I don't think he, yeah, I, the movie kind of ends with him not stopping it, but then it's, like, revealed that this was kind of, like, the first half of his mission, and now he's going to redo the mission backwards or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, so the other main character has already knows that this works because he's from the future. So that kind of immediately removes the tension once you're aware of that dynamic. If you like ever watch, I mean, like you watch it again, obviously, you know, like it succeeds. But like, I don't like once you realize, I don't know, like you kind of figure that out halfway through. You're like, OK, so this guy already knows that it exists because they he like says that they were like good friends for years going forward so like obviously like it doesn't happen you know what i mean yeah but i think also you can change well i mean that's one of the things they're like talking about in the movies whether you can like change the past or future or whatever and everyone kind of tells them no but then in some with some esoteric explanation protagonist is like oh i thought outside the box and like you can <laughs> you remember that scene where he's like talking to that like indian woman and oh. he's just and she's like yeah like just give up like there's nothing you could do he's like no actually like i thought differently about it and i can and then <laughs> something i don't even remember what happens there but um yeah i don't know this movie's stupid it doesn't really make any sense as somebody who has both uh, initially said never introduce time travel in a story. That's my personal take. And then introduce time travel in a story, and it wasn't a great story. I will go back once again to say, uh, don't use time travel in stories. It's not good. <laughs> um, yeah. I well, the problem is less. Well, yeah. I mean, time travel in stories is always going to present some issues. There's definitely ways you can work around it. Um, like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Like, there's time travel in there. No one cares that there's any plot holes or whatever. Well, yeah, because Tenet is so self-serious all of the time, mm-hmm. and like, it's a the huge crux of it is the whole thing is like how we're using time travel to both save and destroy the like the planet. And lo and behold, like when that's the whole thing, it doesn't really work. Yeah, I think if you're going to use time travel, you have to do it in a way where you start off accepting that there's no way to solve time travel paradoxes. Whereas Christopher Nolan tried to go like big brain and (laughs) be like, Oh, I think I can like outthink these paradoxes. And then my sense is like, at some point he maybe realized that there was like, there are paradoxes for a reason but he was like too deep in and couldn't <laughs> do anything about it. And so then just kind of like just released what he had. <laughs> I mean, he wrote the whole, th- you write the script first. So at some point you should have realized at that point that, Hey, maybe this doesn't work, but I'm Christopher Nolan. So it's going to be an IMAX, but then the action also sucks. Like this, there's this huge, mm-hmm. huge like fight at the end when they're like invading the base and like, it's just a bunch of dudes in sand, like shooting their guns at like a 45 degree angle. There's no sense of where anything's happening at all. It's really on, on interesting. I'll even like anything else. Like, Holy shit. I don't even think like, there's like that one scene where the protagonist is fighting himself. Yeah. And like, the fight keeps alternating between stuff that's happening in forward and stuff that's happening yeah. in reverse. I don't even know if that really makes any sense. It like part of like it 
like the whole movie is plagued by the fact that like there are like strings and threads that you can pull on that make sense, but then when you start to unravel them, then what they connect to doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the, the the one scene I'll say um, this is what I had written in my um, letterbox review of it, but um, I think the scene where he first goes into that uh, time machine thing inverter mm-hmm. whatever it's called, um, I think that pretty much sums up the issue. <laughs> oh, the car the crash and all that. Did Did you have the um, subtitles on for that scene? I watched, so I watched the first half with my friends and I had to like leave early. So I was like, okay, I don't like anything that's happened so far. I don't get, I have no idea what's fucking happening and it's not my fault because I haven't paid <laughs> attention. And then I finished it like the next day and I even put like the closed captioning on to make sure I got all the words. The sound mixing was ass. You couldn't it's hear really anything bad. without the I had closed no captioning. Idea. I had really had no idea what was happening. I was surprised nobody else that I was watching with like was like, you guys know what's happening? I couldn't see... Okay. I couldn't hear shit about fuck. I kept turning up the volume, and then I was like, oh, it's too loud, but I, so, I yeah, can't like, hear anything. I just close it out. Yeah, it was really bad. I, like, don't know. I It's just... I don't know how that movie... Like, I don't know how that's, like, the finished product. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when nobody would have blamed you for, like, letting it hold off in theaters, like, for another, like, th- month, year. I don't know how that's the last thing. I, think, yeah. I don't think I did. That's like with like the ice fire and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But when he first gets out, you hear the seagulls calling. Okay. <laughs> and it's, the subtitles are seagulls calling in reverse. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how you knew right off the bat that we were in for something here. Cause, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard for me to convey without listening to it, but like it does. Yeah, it, a seagull calling in reverse just sounds like a seagull calling. It's just a shriek. Like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> you know what? Holy shit, listen! Listen! No, it's... Yeah, that's brutal. Jesus. Uh, but anyway, so they... So basically, right before the scene, they're like, explain to you um, that everything is going to work in reverse and that cars will drive in reverse. Or no, they say like friction will work in reverse yeah. which will like mess up drive which i don't i don't know what friction works in reverse means that's unclear and then and also that like fire is cold for because it's reversed i i guess and so then he goes in and then like everything that i just explained to you 30 seconds ago starts to happen and like and the thing I was like, it's like how if friction is reversed, I don't, how is he just walking normally? I mean, he's right. like stumbling a little bit, but like he's not like moonwalking or something. He's just walking forward. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets in the car, then like the car is driving weird. I don't know if he's like supposed to be like reversing and that and that's making him go forward. But it's he's just going forward, but he's like driving weird. And then the. Uh, he gets into a car crash and there's a gasoline that spills and then um kenneth brana like lights it on fire which how do you light the gasoline on fire fires in reverse and then so the gasoline travel or fire travels up the gasoline and explodes the car but then the car gets encased in ice even though the gasoline caught on fire like the mm-hmm. gasoline didn't freeze, the gasoline caught on fire, but then when it exploded the car, then the car turned to ice somehow. So yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make any sense. It, nope. The movie sucks. Yep. It's uh, yeah. I don't. It's you know he had an okay. He had like a thirty percent okay idea, and then really just <laughs> elected to run with it. Uh. That's it. That's it's not good. <laughs> he just kind of kept going. All right. Well. That has been our season. Uh, yeah. Uh, artwork is by JAS Art Studios and music was produced by Nicholas Pizzuto. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and tell a friend or enemy about the show. And join us again next season, which will hopefully be starting soon. Um, probably will be very similar to uh, this last season. Uh, but uh, we need to 
end this season so we can uh, get the get the next Halloween episode out because that's really what this show it's all is about, about boosting getting boosting back out of the closet for the spooky Halloween <laughs> I thought you meant like we were boosting no, something like no, someone your, else's uh, show alter ego <laughs> your haunted <laughs> self <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, so we just, uh, we'll do, we just do our annual movie finale, and, uh, yeah, so this will be the end of the season. Probably no behind the scenes this season, because, uh, the behind the scenes hasn't really changed, other than, uh, Alex being lazier, but... Being more, no, yeah, I don't even have a, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to either the uh, Drake or Kanye albums? <laughs> No, I haven't. I heard Dota's okay. I didn't realize. That, God damn, is it Donda? Dota. I've been saying Dota this whole. Dota. Bro. Dota. <laughs> Dota's right. the, that are like video game or whatever. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I my cousin. I don't know if this is true. It seems right. Your cousin's friend. My cousin's friend from Trinidad told me that. <laughs> The reason that Certified Lover Boy was made at all is because Pusha T or somebody else like <laughs> dropped a diss track to Rosie Drake for yeah. being an absentee father, and so we made a whole album about how he's actually a good father, kind of, or he's going to be one now. Is that the? Is that right? Is that correct? Kind of. I'll say I didn't really listen to the lyrics closely enough to be able to like give like an in depth analysis. But what I will say is. This album is very clearly still Drake trying to come back from Pusha T absolutely burying his corpse. <laughs> like that like he like Drake surprisingly usually like quote unquote wins, you know, in, in the in popular Twitter fingers, opinion. Twitter fingers, baby. He, yeah, he usually wins, you know, his his rap beefs, but Pusha T was the first time that like everyone agreed, oh no, he he lost in a way that no one's ever lost. <laughs> <laughs> As, that was like a couple of years ago. Right? Like I, that was like pre-pandemic, I think. And then, <laughs> and like, yeah, this album is still like trying to respond to it. Like, there's all these like lines about you know, not even really. It, I mean, for, yeah, yeah. And have you seen the album cover? Okay, so that's I. I had no idea until my friend was like, "Who's the Who's the artist that made it? That fucking." like hacky like pop guy like whoever made he was like do you know who that is and i was like that name sounds familiar he goes well he made drake's album and i was like okay and he goes have you seen it? i was like i don't think so and then he fucking the pregnant emojis and i was like i saw this all over twitter i thought this was a fucking joke like <laughs> format i had no fucking clue that that was just that's just the album like are your fucking mind <laughs> well I, that's that's just it like he's he was he's so distraught by what Pusha T did well, that apparently just, yeah that's just been in his heart for years apparently <laughs> just it's, like a cancer so it, and it's not even like Drake is saying he's a good father it, it's like he's just he's like torn between trying to be like oh uh, so what like I have a you know secret child that means i'm cool but then also being like yeah but you know i'm also like you know a good father to him too and you know i was only keeping him secret because you know i wanted him to have a good life or like it's like it doesn't like, the album doesn't make any sense it's just drake like still like he's been knocked down he definitely has a concussion but he doesn't want to give up yet so he like, gets up and he's stumbling around and the ref doesn't know whether to call the fight yet or not and that. Is kind of what this album is. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> that's like crazy. And then... Because <laughs> my cousin, I think, listened to both. My Trinidadian cousin's friend listened to both. <laughs> and 
because he like said that he goes like he's like there's probably like two singles on there that are like fine but then he was <laughs> he do you know like what an iceberg video is <laughs> no um so it's just like this weird meme format of just it just means like a deep dive on like a sp- specific topic okay and um he was like he was like yeah so i was like before i even listened to the albums i was <laughs> i was i did a kanye deep dive and he goes do you know the song lift yourself he was like did you have you listened to <laughs> um i don't even know if that was on an album but do you know what you know the kanye song lift yourself was that it might have been on his most recent that's that's the it's the poopy scoop one like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I know what you're talking about, yep, yep. And so he gave me that whole, <laughs> whole thing, he was like, yeah, and that was also at Drake, because Drake had that beat ready to drop in two days, and he just, <laughs> he just threw it in there, and apparently that's also back related to the Drake and, Drake, <laughs> Drake and Pusha T feud, like, <laughs> they're just like, dog, apparently, bro, like, um, Oh, because Pusha T is the president of good music. Okay, which is like Kanye's thing. So like, <laughs> oh, and this came out in 2018. So yeah, this feud has been going on for like half a decade now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. And he was like, listen to it. I was like, what? And he goes, you just have to listen to the last 30 seconds. It's fine. I was like, okay, this is, sounds just like a sample the whole time. And then it's just like poop de scoop hoop-de-doop and i was like that's not real and he's like yeah it is and i was like he because the one link he sent me was just like a video i was like no it's not and then i found it on kanye's official youtube account i was like what do you mean this was dropped as a single <laughs> i was like i was like i had like a real bad existential crisis about the state of anything and then he's like and then he told me because it was for the drake thing i said all right that's actually hilarious never mind <laughs> yeah I, that's the first time i heard that that is hilarious actually. drake's just and i don't fuck with drake like he can just take these l's that's hilarious to me like i don't really care who wins in that one but i also haven't listened to donda but i'm sure it's like fine like i don't think kanye makes like particularly bad music i mean i'm it's very Jesus. forgettable there's a couple of good there, there's two songs that have sort of stuck in my head but only because he does this. The album is not finished. That was right. Cool. Okay, that's what I also heard. Is he just keeps doing like listening parties, <laughs> but it's well, like I mean, it's like it. The final product is out, but it's it's clear he rushed oh, it, I and I think I heard that he rushed it to beat Certified Lover Board. But um, but yeah, but anyways, but he the, the, there's two songs that I thought were decent, but I don't know if they would have stuck in my head. Except for he does this stupid thing where he does part one and part two oh, yeah. of of four different songs, two of which I thought were probably the best songs in the track. But um, but the part two is identical to part one, except it also features like one or multiple guest oh. verses. Yeah. So it's like the one song, like the part one is like five minutes and then part two is those same five minutes plus an extra six minutes of guest verses Jesus. so that was been stuck in my head because i listened to it for like you know close to 20 minutes yeah holy <laughs> shit that's fascinating anyway um yeah that was that was a much longer tangent i was just trying to yeah. conversation might pull up the outro which i have up now so um <laughs>